Hello and welcome to the Today Not Tomorrow podcast. My name is Oscar Isaacson and this podcast is brought to you by TNT Fitness. This Friday from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. we are having a pool party. This is at the Blue Agave Pool in Newtown, so it's not the big pool that we do uh, swim workouts sometimes. This is the smaller pool. It is right next to the town hall. Uh, grab me at the gym if you want some closer directions. But this Friday, 7 p.m., make sure you sign up in Mind Body. It's a free event, and you can bring a, best, a guest if you want to. But I'm doing my Costco run right before. Uh, I want to know how much stuff I need to pick up. So please sign up so I have a rough idea how many we have showing up. Today's topic is going to be the weekly programming we have coming up at the gym. I've been doing these every now and then. I get that for some people it's not super excited to hear about sets and reps, but it makes all the difference if you know the reason and the why behind the workouts. It's going to create more buy-in. You can see what we're working on and it's going to make um, the program that we do at the gym make a whole lot more sense once you zoom out and maybe I break down a couple of things for you as well. Today is Monday, if you listen to this right when it comes out. On Monday, we usually practice the benchmarks. We are doing new benchmarks this year. We usually keep them top secret, but I want you guys to listen to the podcast to have the inside scoop from those people who don't listen to the podcast. So the one we have coming up now is going to be Nancy. This is an old school benchmark. It is five rounds for time of 400 meter run and 15 overhead squats. The RX weight is 95-65. This is a phenomenal workout. I like this workout because I like overhead squats and I like running. But the combination between the two, usually someone that is very good at running is not very good at overhead squats. The same goes for the overhead squat. Someone who can lift a ton of weight with the overhead squat is usually not good at running. And this is where CrossFit has that phenomenal mix of we got to be able to do a little bit of everything. We got to be able to run and do some overhead squats. And that is why I like this workout. It's going to be not a super fast workout, but not a super slow workout either. Obviously, the overhead squat is challenging, so we'll go lighter on the weights if we need to. But this is going to be a good time. So you heard it here first. Next workout that we're doing, the benchmark is going to be Nancy. The skill on Monday, it's snatch balances. A great time to practice that overhead position, doing a full squat. Last week, weeks before that, we've been doing more overhead squat variations. We've been doing some pauses in the bottom. The overhead squat, it's a challenging movement. That is why it's also a phenomenal movement. It's going to test a little bit of everything. Ankle flexibility, hip flexibility, upper back flexibility, shoulder flexibility. Everything is in there. Tons of core work coordination, balance. That is why this is such an awesome movement and frustrating movement. You can do this with very little weight at all. We have the PVC pipes at the gym that weigh nothing. If you cannot overhead squat, we can do a front squat instead. It's not the end of the world, but that is why we're really hammering down the overhead squat. There's no way around it. You just got to spend time with that bar overhead, choosing an appropriate weight nothing too light nothing too heavy and then just we're just gonna slowly build up reps over time it's just like the CrossFit level one uh, manual it's mechanics first we're gonna get it down and then it's consistency we're gonna do it a bunch of times and then the third step now we're gonna add the intensity that is when we try and speed up and move a little bit more Monday's workout is three little mini workouts we got 50 35 calorie ski rest two minutes 
800 meter run, rest two minutes, 50 dumbbell thrusters should time. This is much shorter than most workouts we do at the gym. This should be a lot faster than most workouts. If you look at one of these workouts and you think to yourself, that's not too bad, that's pretty easy actually, then you might have fallen into a pattern and rhythm where you just kind of go at a smooth, easy pace. You just chug along. You're not worried about finishing anything too quick. Some workouts needs to be very fast. It needs to be pedal to the metal. I'm going to go as fast as possible. This, if you look at this and you attack this appropriately, which is a very fast, aggressive, intense pace, then these three tiny little bite-sized workouts is going to end up being very, very challenging. It's just like looking at Fran on the board, 2159 of thrusters and pull-ups. It's a fast workout. It doesn't look like much, but if you really get after it, this becomes very, very brutal. Same thing goes for the 500-meter row. We do that as a workout sometimes, and people always think, oh, that's it. That's all we're doing today. If that is your approach and um, tactic of that workout, then you have ton of more intensity and potential to achieve because if you really bury one of those workouts a very short workout becomes very very effective moving on to tuesday skill in crossfit it's tabata power cleans at a light weight if you come from a conventional strength and conditioning background and you look at this you would think that this is a bastardization this is blasphemy this is not how you do a tabata and you're perfectly right if that's what you think a Tabata was first set up for speed skaters. It was two very high intensity workouts done with also a big chunk of lower intensity work as well. But we can do that with anything. This doesn't have to be running or biking or skiing. We can do a Tabata of anything. Are you going to be able to do 20 seconds nonstop, only rest for 10 seconds and then start back up again for four rounds? Probably not. But we can try and do just as many reps as you can during those 20 seconds. This doesn't automatically mean that you lift with poor technique. Sure, this is weightlifting. This is power cleans. It's going to be very tiring. But that doesn't mean that you get sloppy. If you need to slow down, slow down. If you need to change the weight right before starting the workout, you can do that. There's zero excuse for lifting 95 pounds poorly. It doesn't matter what workout it is. So this is an excellent challenge in grip strength, technique. It's going to be a little bit of cardio. This is not a traditional uh, Tabata uh, modality, but this is going to be fun. This is going to be fast. We're going to knock out a bunch of reps. And if you think this can't be done with good technique, then you're just not moving with good technique. This could be slowed down. You need to lower the hips down a little bit on each set. You need to lift that chest up a little bit so it's not just a muscle clean the whole time. This is going to be fun, fast, and just like Monday's short workout, if you look at those quick ones and you feel like, oh, that's not too bad, that's going to be easy, then you haven't made it into that next level where those short workouts intimidate you. That happens when you gain more fitness. Tuesday Swift workout, it's every three minutes for five rounds. We're going to do 12 dumbbell hand cleans, 12 dumbbell push presses, and then walk, jog, run for the remainder of the time. Rest one minute, repeat five times. So you'll do the hand cleans with the dumbbells, you'll do the push presses, and then I write walk, jog, run, because everybody's at a different uh, fitness level. Someone's better at running, someone's uh, coming back from a little break of running maybe. You just need to make sure that you move, 
either one of these options is going to get you better fitness. The goal on this workout, we do this in CrossFit a lot too, a lot of times we'll say if you increase the distance each round, you're going to get a gold star. How you get successful at these workouts is you start off easy. You start off easy, you can do that for one round, you can even do that for two rounds, and then after that, guess what? You still have three more rounds where you can try and increase the distance on each one. If you teach your body to always have a strong finish, you're gonna condition yourself to have a strong finish, your muscle memory is gonna tell you to have a strong finish, everything that you do at the gym should have a strong finish. That's going to build confidence when you go out to do a random 5K somewhere or you have any other challenge in front of you. If you get in the habit of just throttling yourself a little bit at the beginning of a workout and then pushing continuously through the workout each time, you are going to be successful with each workout. If you're successful in a workout, you're going to have more fun and that's what you want to get into the habit of doing. Wednesday's CrossFit workout, it's one of my favorite type of style workouts. This is a longer chipper. We've got 1K bike, 225 foot lunge, 500 meter ski, 400 meter run, 100 air squats, and then you're doing the same thing coming back down in reverse order. I like to call these sandwich workouts. 400 meter run, 500 meter ski, 225 foot lunge, 1K bike. Time cap 28 minutes. On this workout, we're working on uh, leg stamina, cardio, endurance, you could do this by staying in the same place the whole time for 28 minutes, but it's more fun to move somewhere. You wanna, you wanna go somewhere in your workout where you feel like you progress and you can pace things out a little bit. Sometimes in CrossFit, uh, the workout ends up being very stationary, seven minutes of burpees, you feel like you're not going anywhere. Carrot, 150 wall balls, you feel like you're not going anywhere. Those are all good mental challenges as well. But personally, I love workouts where I feel like I'm kind of moving the ball forward. You're moving down the field a little bit. That's why you'll see me write tons of workouts. We're doing we're doing farmer's carry down to the corner. We go around the building. We pick it up. We keep it moving. I just like that progression, especially in the summer when we get to go outside. The layout of a workout has to make sense. If you look at the, the setup of this, we're on the bike and then we get off. We're doing the lunge. 225 feet might seem like a random number, but we've got from uh, the red pole by the kettlebells to the end of the rig is 75 feet. So we lunge down, we lunge back. Now we're at 150 feet. You lunge down. That's 225 feet. Guess what? You're right next to the ski. We're doing 500 meters. You're doing the run. You're right next to the door. Air squat. You can do that outside. And then you do that same pattern coming back. So personally, this is my favorite workout. If I only thought about myself, then I would just have these workouts seven days a week. But unfortunately, we got to throw the barbells around too. We got to do short workouts. Uh, this one, RX, is with a vest. If you put a vest on and you get time capped, then you should not have had the vest on. If you get time capped with a vest, it shouldn't happen. It should be very rare. It should be barely. So that is a good um, guesstimate for a workout like this. Sure, put it on if you want to see what happens. Um, but that's a good guideline. If you end up getting time capped, then you should have not had the vest on too. The rule we have for workouts, let's say it's deadlifts and whatever, we always say you can move up in weight, but you can't move down in weight. So let's say you're doing a couple of rounds and you feel like, hey, I can do a lot more. It's way more fun to add weight to the bar and finish the workout than having to stop, take weight off, 
and then finish the workout from there. You always want to go upwards. Nine out of 10 times, probably even 99 out of 10 times, you just end up choosing the better weight for starting lighter. It's such a better way to work out for technique and form and enjoyment compared to hitting a wall and then having to take weight off. Now essentially, if you put a vest on and you do this workout, your 80 air squats into the 100 and your lower back is getting tired, which happens with the vest is on as part of the challenge. If you take that vest on, you essentially have a barbell and you take weight off the barbell. I'm not gonna tell you you have to keep that vest on, but essentially you're doing the same thing. You're taking weight off the barbell and that is something we don't wanna do at the gym. You always wanna move upwards. It makes um, workouts way more fun and usually you don't end up adding the weight. You just can't realize, yeah, the lighter weight was a little bit better. Um, but that is the general guideline for vest workouts. We do a lot of full body movements at the gym. We incorporate a lot of compound movements on a daily basis, but there should be a certain pattern to things. We have a lot of days where we never touch the barbell. We have a lot of days where we don't do a squat. They can, you can't do every single movement every single day. There has to be some rotation in there just to give some body parts a little bit more rest and then come back fresher the next day. If we look at Thursday as an example, I always have at least one, maybe two, no shoulder days. You probably haven't noticed this, just going to the gym, working out, but this is something that I look out for. So Thursday, the skill, we're doing deadlifts, okay? It's lower back, it's legs, it's hamstrings. You're leaving the shoulders alone mostly. There's always a little bit of moving around, of course. And then the wad for the day, 1200 meter partner sled pull. Same thing, glutes, hamstrings, calves, we're outside doing cardio. We'll throw this day in and you wouldn't even notice because it is a ton of work. It's five sets of deadlifts, that's challenging. It's 1200 meters uh, partner sled pull, that's challenging. But we're leaving the upper body alone altogether. You have to have days like this. It can't always be uh, push-ups and pull-ups and toast the bar every single day. So see if you can pick up on patterns in the programming. There should be designated days where you don't push certain areas so that we can ramp back up again. We can recover. We can get stronger. That happens when you rest. When I write programming for the gym, I do this in two different phases. The first phase is I just have a blank note in my phone and I just write workouts. I don't care if it's strength training, I don't care if it's swift workout, I don't care if it's a crossfit workout, I just freestyle and write workouts. I can, I've, I've done this for a long time and I can improvise and I can write 20 different workouts in 20 minutes easily. I just like uh, writing them, it could be 2159, it could be five sets of five, it could be 20 minute AMRAP, I'm just mixing and matching stuff that works, stuff that doesn't work. I'm just freestyling to get stuff on the paper. Once I have my notes of workouts, these are just random workouts, there's no rhyme or reason to these, I copy and paste them into my spreadsheet and now I have tons of little puzzle pieces. They're not connected, it's just like you open up the box of the puzzle, it's all scrambled together, it's loose stuff here and there and you gotta start sorting things out. Once I have all the pieces, now I'm just start plugging away. Let's do a little bit of legs here, let's do a little bit of legs here. This is a swift workout, this is a crossfit workout. Now I'm starting to move things along. So that's just how I like to do things for creativity and also getting tons of structure and planning in there. The swift workout on Friday, 
a lot of times I don't even set out to do a swift workout or a crossfit workout. It just ends up being one or the other because it is a very similar program. 33, 27, 21, 59 of Russian kettlebell swings and then 100 meter sled push after each set. Not for time. This was probably a uh, crossfit workout at first, but that doesn't matter. This is a phenomenal workout no matter what. This is a good way to get your lower back strong, to get your core strong, your grip strength, your glute, your hamstrings, and same thing with the sled. If more people did this workout, we would have way less back pain in society. We would have much stronger people. And these are all movements that's going to help you do things out in the real world too. A couple of weeks ago, my car stalled at a light. I had a bunch of cars behind me. I hopped back there. I started pushing the car. That is stuff that you don't really think about. I always tell people when we push this sled, it's just like a heavy shopping cart. When you need to really push something, if you have the ability to do so, it makes your life 100 times easier. It could even make your life a lot safer if it needs to be done. Saturday's CrossFit Wad is a 7-minute AMRAP of back squats at 80%. You put 80% on, plus or minus a few percent. Whenever I put a percentage on, always take it with a grain of salt. We have people at the gym who are brand new to working out, and we have people at the gym who have been working out for 20 years plus. We can all use the same 80%. Someone's going to come in, they're being fresh. Someone's going to come in, they're being tired. So always with a percentage, give yourself plus or minus 5% just to modify. If I personally did this workout, my flexibility is good. I have the muscle memory of doing a good back squat, but I haven't been back squatting a ton lately. So I could muscle my, my way through this workout, get a good amount of reps, but I would pay for it the next couple of days with a little bit of uh, excessive soreness, which I don't want if I have a uh, maybe a golf tournament coming up that I want to be fresh for, or if I know that jiu-jitsu is going to be extra hard over the weekend, I want to be able to move my legs around properly. So scaling a workout to um, find the sweet spot in soreness is a great way to look at it. It doesn't always have to be for scaling is for a certain time or a certain amount of reps. It could just be, I know if I do 50 back squats at 225, my soreness is going to be a seven out of ten but if i end up doing 50 of them at 275 my soreness is going to be a 10 out of 10 so this is where you need to be aware of your training kind of look back on what you've done and be honest with yourself if you've been slacking and not because if you've been doing workout for over if you've been doing crossfit for over a year you should have a good idea looking at a workout exactly how sore you're going to feel afterwards sandbag lunges Notorious, notoriously going to get you sore. Big set of wall balls is going to get you sore. 100 pull-ups for time, not really a workout we've done recently, but stuff like that that you know, this has the potential to make me very sore. That's when we scale, we modify. It's about the next 100 workouts. It's not about the next one or two workouts. This Saturday, we had a blast doing a community ride together. We had 19 people out in the roads doing 30 miles. It was a ton of fun. We don't always have to do rides. If you have a suggestion, if you want to go on a longer hike, if you want to check out a winery, I'm all open to suggestions. Let me know. I want to make sure that everybody feels welcome and included. 
and the community makes all the difference we need to cheer each other on we need to check in on people that you haven't seen in a while we need to know people's um, first name that makes all the difference and that is what's going to separate us and being successful in fitness long time if you have people around you who support your healthy habits i'm excited about the workouts we have coming up this week at the gym i hope you're as well i'll see you there